It's time for What's Your Role, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of your favorite actual play podcast. And now, here's your host, Tim Devine. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of What's Your Role, the podcast that brings you the casts of your favorite actual play podcasts. Today, we're taking a trip across the pond to the little town of Marsh Haven. That's right. We're talking with the cast of Brits on Bikes. Kat, Eve, and Jimmy Sprinkles, thank you all so much for being here. Thank you for having us. We're really excited. Not that it takes much. (laughs) No, we've been really excited to have you on the show. Can you each uh, introduce yourselves and tell the listeners what your role is on Brits on Bikes? Uh, why don't we start with uh, Why don't we start with Eve? Howdy, I'm Eve Smith. I play Dee Wilson. Hi, I'm Kat. I play Sally, also one of the kids, um, the much less adventurous one. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jimmy. I'm the GM for Brits on Bikes, and I play everybody else. Why don't you tell us about Brits on Bikes? Okay, so uh, Brits on Bikes is a, I I suppose the pitch we've been making is like a kind of Stranger Things inspired mystery, adventure, magical uh, story involving a bunch of kids who find themselves in all kinds of strange situations. Scary situations. (laughs) Sometimes scary. Mostly scary. (laughs) I was saying, Sally has a weak constitution. She's scared. <laughs> That's okay. You got D. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I've been, I've been describing it as a couple of kids solving mysteries with their talking dog. <laughs> but it's not Scooby-Doo. that's that's a great a great summary of it (laughs) and the three of you know each other prior to this prior to to recording and gaming together no no slightest no oh that's that's so interesting i have two questions here what was your reason for choosing this system and what was your reason for kind of working with people that you hadn't worked with before for this podcast Okay, so um, the the system came about because I I, I backed it on Kickstarter. Um, it kind of hit all my buttons in terms of a of, of a role play system, and I was just like, "Yep, having that." And I run I ran a copy of the Ashcan Rules uh, with some old friends. Really loved it. Had a really really good time with it. Um, and I suppose part of the reason why I wanted to uh, sort of bring complete strangers together was just for that very reason. I'm I'm big on play. I think play is is such an important integral part of everybody's lives, and I just think it makes the world that little bit better. Um, and, and my theory was that you know you could bring people together um, and you could create a community through you know through this 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 kind of lovely system that that we had and eve um came on board when i first joined twitter um and she was already supporting the uh, the our american counterparts brits on bike uh kids on bikes <laughs> who we love why can't i get these names right tonight? <laughs> um and um i said you know i'm looking for some players and eve eve piped up and yeah so she came on board and cat um i 
put out an advert on Roll Twenty, and 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 Cat answered, and and that's how we ended up together. So, you know, bringing strangers together was a real kind of integral part of it. That coupled with the fact that I have no friends, um, so you know, <laughs> and nor do um, I. So this is good. I have um, a so, lot yeah. of friends. But they're yeah. always busy, so <laughs> and not British. <laughs> that oh, pretty man. much sums it up. And I, I just, I would say that with uh, Jimmy's inspirational speaking powers, how can you not follow that? <laughs> it's like I'm right on board. Well, one of the main things that we want to get into on this show. Uh, are the roles that you play. Uh, and I have a few questions about character creation and inspirations because so much goes in behind the scenes before you hit record uh, to create characters in, in any system, in any game. And a lot of that uh, stuff doesn't necessarily come through in all of the uh, episodes that we hear. So we'll be talking a little bit more in this show about your characters specifically, but in this case, I, just a few questions about your character creation process and the inspiration. So let's start with Jimmy. Uh, as the GM, how did you prepare for the player's character creation? Um, okay, so I mean, the, the this is probably one of the best things about Kids on Bikes is the actual character creation or um, session because it's uh because this it's all sort of sort of built into it at the very beginning now unfortunately when we did our character creation the sound quality wasn't great and in fact we couldn't air it so um it, it was never heard which is a real shame but in terms of, of of preparing them i i spent a lot of time world building um initially um and and sort of building marsh haven from the ground up um i had a very a, a very kind of clear idea of of the type of town that i wanted and yeah that 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 kind of was a sort of real integral part of the um character creation process because with kids on bikes what you do is you then you know you 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 question the characters and and you and you ask them you know Give me the name of uh, a type of industry that's big in in Marsh Haven. Tell me about um, a rumor that you might have once heard. So they were kind of building this this town along with me. That's that's actually a a, a very interesting thing that because in some games you you can be handed as a player a pre generated character and you learn the world from the game master. But with games like this, it's total it's total uh, shared narrative. Uh, yeah, and, and I. I as 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 sorry as I am that you weren't able to air that character creation, I'm glad that we get to hear a little bit of it here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I always use the kind of Simpsons analogy when I talk about Marsh Haven because if we need something, if we need a biscuit factory, then we'll have a biscuit factory. If we need a a, a, a nuclear power plant, we'll we'll stick a nuclear power plant in. It's it's very, uh, you know, we're not we're not precious about sort of borders and and street planning and any of that kind of jazz um but once it's once it's there it's canon so and i have although i haven't been doing it for a while um you know sort of making new additions to the map as as, as we go have you uh, have you released the map anywhere online for people to look at i think an older version has been released it is on our website um, yeah which is uh britsonbikes.com um, you can you can go and view it there, and you can see some profiles of some of the NPCs. Um, I don't think we've got our player characters on there yet because I don't think they've oh, given. We do. us... Yeah, we don't. Uh, do have we... you given us bios? I have. No, not. you made some up for us because we're terrible and didn't give you bios. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So 
Yeah, you can you you can check out that information. Um, I mean, that's that's one thing that, although I haven't done it for a while, is that we do want to kind of sort of build the world online as well. So it will, all the kind of aspects of Marsh Haven will be a part of the website. All right. So Eve. Yeah. What was your inspiration for D? Well, largely, my idea was I essentially I wanted I wanted a street kid, maybe you know someone that maybe wasn't the best person for the job, but someone that would do it, <laughs> even if that's a really terrible idea. So yeah, I like I figured originally I hadn't like planned on like any specific locale short of being like an american kid um but like it would have been great to hear you do an english accent though i really like doing i i like doing accents however my accents tend to be very vague (laughs) in where they're from and i am very bad at english accents (laughs) so it's like i don't want to do that but i still want an accent so like i started just like fucking around with ways that I could change my voice while I was at work. And then I just accidentally stumbled onto the fact that I could do a half-assed Brooklyn accent. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, dude from New York now. <laughs> That's awesome. And were there any uh, anyone uh, characters from fiction that you based them on at all or have in your, in your uh, mind? You know, honestly, like, I, I don't have any one specific character in mind that I would base I would say you know how like a lot of like shows and movies with kids they have like that that one like jack of all trades like leader type character mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of how I've been picturing D because yeah D can take charge i always think of the sandlot when i think of d it's it's like it's not a good idea if d takes charge (laughs) but d can which is Um, terrible because sally is definitely a follower yeah so like yeah because like d's not great at everything what d's good at is being tough and everything else has fallen to the wayside. <laughs> but I think what I like about that is is that it's not it's not that D's violent. It's just that he's he's tough, isn't he? I mean, like he's 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 you know he's got quite a hard shell mm-hmm. about him. It's, it's oh not yeah, that, no, no, he definitely got a shell. That yeah. is one hundred percent true. But he doesn't like go charging in and sort of beating everybody up in that in that sense yeah. of that kind of traditional tough character. There exactly. is, you know, and that's that's what I really like about D. Yeah, tough but not a bully. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. And that and that was something actually that was quite interesting because we talked about tropes, didn't we, when yeah. we were creating D? And and like Brits on uh, Kids on Bikes gives you um, sample tropes. Um, so like the bully, the mathlete, the scout, all those those kind of classic characters. And what we found with D was that he didn't quite fit into any of them in particular. So we we created a trope of our own, didn't we? What did we? Uh, the outsider. Uh, yeah. Um, the outsider, which kind of fits in with the outsiders as well, because actually that's another film where I can imagine D in in, in one of those <laughs> roles. Oh yeah, a little a little bit more grown up D. That's his future. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah sure, Cat. <laughs> and and now, Cat, uh, what was your inspiration for Sally? 
Um, I've pretty much plagiarized uh, the lives of two or three people that I went to school with. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, I really, I really hope they don't hear it because they would definitely recognize it and that would probably be bad for me. Um, but I mean, heavily exaggerated as well. Not like, you know, it's, it's a no, character. Like, Sally is cool. <laughs> I, she's sweet, but yeah. So I basically, um, yeah, big, big caricature, caricature of uh, of people I used to know about fifteen, twenty years ago. So, yeah. So, so kids on bikes has a lot of these Stranger Things, Goonies, Sandlot uh, type influences uh, that I hear a lot when people play the game that they're drawing from. Is there anything aside from real people? Was there anything in your mind that you visualized from those types of uh, uh, fiction? Uh, not really, to be honest, I haven't seen enough of those kinds of films to really be a, basically I've jumped into this knowing absolutely nothing about anything and I'm just kind of along for the ride. So um, <laughs> don't know anything about kids on bikes, don't know anything about the kind of trope. I've seen Stranger Things, but I mean, yeah, don't really, don't really know much about enough. So it's, uh, it's, it's not great. Well, one, of the thing, <laughs> one of the things I love listening to about Sally is that in, in, in so much fiction or a lot of role-playing games, people charge towards adventure. They, they charge towards conflict. And yeah. because that's what propels sort of the story at the table, but with a, a kids on bikes style game and how you how you all approach uh, Brits on bikes is it's it feels so real. It feels so gen like actually happening. Uh, and so Sally, instead of just charging towards conflict might instead take a break for a jam sandwich. And I think that that's, <laughs> they're so endearing <laughs> and so endearing that, that it's that, you know, like these, these mystical things are happening and adults have no idea what's going on. And it's just up to you, but, but a sandwich, it's time for a sandwich first. It's time for a sandwich. I get hungry. <laughs> we gotta go to bed. Yeah. I'm stay up all night breaking what, what into the military base. <laughs> One of my favorite moments is, you know, when, you know, there's 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 kind of zombies running around and 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 rotting away. And Sally's like, look, it's nearly our bedtime. We should really go. <laughs> and, and actually that's a that's a really pure, really true, you know, thing to do. And I, I, I think it just adds to the you, you know, to, to to that kind of sense of realism that, that these kids aren't gonna go charge fighting all the time well they might but, <laughs> but, but Sally, Sally is, uh, tries to be a good girl and that means you know going yeah, to bed on time not being in magic spy book club <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it's kind of getting a bit thrown out the window there but you know heart's in the right place the heart is definitely in the right place uh <laughs> So we're going to take a, a brief commercial break here, but when we return, we'll get to hear some of the cast's favorite moments from listening back on their own show. In other news, it appears that Marsh Haven is on the up as those good eggs over at Mondo Corps have done it again by announcing an 150 new jobs once they open the doors to the Phoenix Plaza. Various boutiques and offices, the plaza boasts a new exhibition space, famous Pete Mummy, and a much-needed cash injection into local secondary school, Anna Kingsford College. Hello. Look, if you can hear this, then maybe all is not lost. Marsh Haven is not the place that you think it is. It has secrets, and there doesn't seem to be a sane adult in a hundred miles of the place who wants to know. Look, just spread the word. 
The kids are doing the best they can, but the country needs to know. The world needs to know that... Brits on Bikes is an actual play podcast powered by the Kids on Bikes RPG. Listen on your preferred podcatcher and follow us on Twitter at Brits underscore bikes. Keep on biking. And we're back with the cast of Brits on Bikes to talk about some of their favorite moments from their show, specifically the ones they heard after listening back on episodes. So let's start with Eve. Eve, what are some of your favorite D moments from listening back? Oh, okay. Honestly, uh, I've got three moments. Two are actually in the show, and one was like before an episode. So, in terms of show, the fact that everyone agreed to go into costume <laughs> in the Henderson site. That was brilliant. Because that is the worst plan <laughs> um why uh, secondly how hard jimmy tried to make sure that i would not get the marsh stone <laughs> i i said i was going to steal it and so he stole it before me <laughs> And then that's, it took that's us clever GMing. <laughs> forever to hunt it down. And when we finally found it, like it took like just constant bad things happen trying to sneak <laughs> up on the damn thing. <laughs> and then he had me roll over a 20 in order to find it. All right, in terms of this game, a uh a 20 is like a Herculean task <laughs> like for a skill check. Like that's lifting a car that's or like sprinting after you got maximum. shot in the leg. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> that's the maximum just like raw based role that you can get. And so having to do that to find a rock. <laughs> in a pot of rocks. Uh, <laughs> But I found it, and then he immediately <laughs> took it back the next episode. <laughs> um, I think we were sufficiently rewarded, though. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, like, don't get me wrong, it's fine. It's fine, it's fine. Who's <laughs> the bitterest girl in the neighborhood? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, uh, and then the last one is how many times I am astonished to learn like, I came into this thinking I was going to be super out of touch with, like, the English side of things. But, like, I keep getting, like, astounded by, like, the things that you all don't know about us. I know what you were about to say. <laughs> Considering, like, how in-your-face America is. For instance, Jimmy was talking about the the map uh, on, like, the podcatcher telling every, like where everything was getting downloaded. And he's like... For some reason, Illinois is not on this map. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he shows me the map, and I'm like, Illinois is right there. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, where do you think Illinois is? And he pings fucking Nevada. <laughs> I'm like, that is no, that's the desert. I would just like to point out that I have made it my, my, my solemn duty <laughs> to learn every single state 
and their capitals before this year is out. Well, to be oh fair, he did ask about Delaware, and I said, I don't know. It's one of these ones up in here. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of them. Yeah, so all somewhere nobody, around fifty. No, nobody knows where all those little ones are up in the corner, like. Whatever, I forget where Wyoming is sometimes. Went on for about an hour. (laughs) Yeah, it was a very long conversation. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, that's my bullshit. Oh, and and episode ten. Oh yeah, which which my favorite fucking episode. We'll talk about that later. Go on, everybody else, go. (laughs) So so before we move on to the next person, Cat Jimmy, do you have any favorite D moments that you want to throw in? Um. Yeah. Um, my favorite D moment was, um, and actually it, it does, it's, it features in episode 10, but it's where, um, Mrs. Thistledown, um, basically says something which in turn makes D believe that finding the uniforms was a really good idea <laughs> and it was just his absolute delight in hearing an adult say that what she did was brilliant <laughs> i want you to tell me <laughs> that i had a real good plan <laughs> Uh, for those for those listening right now, that was not uh, brilliant editing work. Uh, editing that clip in that was just improv, Eve. <laughs> yeah, see, my favorite D moment. I think it's more of my favorite Eve moment than my favorite D moment. But it's it's got to be when um, trying to guess why Jimmy was having having everyone take their headphones off while I was talking to Nettles. And her oh instinct, yeah! Like, uh, if you're talking to my dog, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my shit. And then yeah. I swear to fucking god, you had better not be talking to my goddamn dog. <laughs> and of course, I was. So yeah, that's that's probably my favorite um, Eve slash Eve moments. All right, and uh, so Cat, why don't you tell us some of your favorite Sally moments? See, I, I don't know if I have any favorite Sally moments. I, I, I tend to prefer the D moments. Just because <laughs> D does more that's amusing, whereas I, Sally spends tends to spend a lot of time just whining and being sad, um, or at the very least trying to kill the fun. No. <laughs> I did, but... What about episode eleven? <laughs> that's true. Episode eleven. Well, is what has I don't know when. Yeah, no, none of us have heard episode eleven, okay. but I do too. Fair enough. Well, in that case, episode eleven was fun because it was a bit of a, a character turnaround for Sally. And, and Sally has now decided that she's got a grudge against another character. So that'll be Uh-oh. interesting. <laughs> yeah. So. And uh, so for Eve and Jimmy, any favorite cat? Or sorry, any. any... <laughs> sorry, I did the name thing. I told you. Every about moment is my uh, favorite cat moment. She's lovely. <laughs> Aw, thank you. All right. We're keeping that in for sure because that was sweet as hell. But uh, what was your favorite Sally moment for, for Eve and Jimmy? Um, for me, it's, I think it's the way Sally reacts to everything. It's, it's not so much what she does, it's how she reacts to it. And it is like those, yeah, but maybe we should tell our parents first. Maybe we should call the police. You know, it's, it's, it's all that. I think, you know, I mean, Sally's the real heart of the game, um, you know, and, and in a kind of sort of the, the kind of, rational mind i suppose <laughs> um you know and she kind of she get although d 
may not always listen to Sally, Sally gives him pause for thought. And, and, and I think that's what makes them a great, a, a great pair and why they work so well together. My favorite, my favorite Sally moment was episode nine when she took the collar off the nutter. Because, yeah, that was a turning point for Sally to D in terms of, like, how they see her. Because, yeah, like, previously, she's just kind of around. Yeah, she's the smart one for, like, you know, figuring out the problem. And then, yeah, D was the one that solved it. This situation, D would not have solved that. Because Dee's idea was to just pelt baseballs at it. No, no, Dee's <laughs> idea was to melt it with a hairdryer. <laughs> yes, we did have that idea, but I think that got cut. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. That was a fun conversation. Yeah, that was like 20 minutes of you you guys going, how could we get enough extension cords <laughs> and a large enough hairdryer just to... Yeah, that's just when, uh, when Jimmy had to step away from, from the mic for a while and um, we were... We're brainstorming how you attack a creature made of water. <laughs> well, there, there's a little bit of behind the scenes information <laughs> as well. Yeah, that'll probably go into the outtakes at some point. <laughs> and I hope so. It was good. One, one of the oh, and then before we before we move into other behind the scenes stuff, I did want to take a moment, uh, Jimmy. I know you chimed in with some of your favorite uh, moments listening back on both of the characters, but are there any moments listening back uh, that surprised you as the GM? Um, oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm not really sure. Um, there's, there's loads of stuff that's, that, that's coming up in future, future episodes. I doubt will be, uh, aired before this goes out. Um, in particular, there's a really, there's a really lovely, cause, okay. So the timeline is a little bit skewed at the moment because so episode 10 and episode 11 run um parallel to one another um so d and sally are both having their adventures and they meet up again in episode 12 um and in episode 12 there is a, a just a, a really quite sweet and tender moment um between sally and d um which kind of had me a bit lost for words it was kind of that are oh, you guys kind of moment um, <laughs> yeah and no was, i was and it, and it's, not expecting that it, it's those it's those kind of genuine sort of moments that that i really love and i i love the fact that that these two characters are are sort of growing to like and love each other um platonically yeah, platonically, said, yeah. but very, you know, but very slowly. I mean, at the at the beginning of the series, D was very much kind of, well, here's these guys. I haven't got anybody else, so I'll just tag along with them, and we might kind of get into trouble and have some fun along the way. But yeah. there's 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 definitely, you know, there's more of a bond as things as as time goes on, which which I love. Yep, yep. Reluctantly, D got a friend. <laughs> he originally uh, joked about being a literal dog, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That was funny. <laughs> um, yeah, he's got two dogs. <laughs> so, so let's take just a brief look behind the scenes on how you, uh, as the cast of Brits on Bikes, prepare to do your sessions before you go live. Starting with Cat, uh, what do you do to prepare for playing Sally? I do basically nothing. Um, I, I make sure that I am alone in a room 
and hopefully on time. That's pretty much it. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> that's, that's important for recording for sure. Yeah. I love I love though that it does speak to the to the kids on bike system and to the, your comfort with the group that you're playing with. That you know it doesn't you, you, you can just you can just sit down and go. And I think yeah. that's that's pretty it's pretty interesting. Uh, and, what about and you might notice that that Jimmy doesn't ask me to do the recaps pretty much ever because I'm terrible at it because that's how prepared I am. <laughs> and Eve. How about what you do to prepare to play D? Well, um, I work overnights at a certain massive evil corporation, and that involves me spending long periods of time alone in electronic, walking in circles. So I usually spend my night beforehand prepping by just like talking like D to myself. Like just just going around going, oh my buddy, you fucking clown! <laughs> These guys over here, and you still look like the normal one in said corporate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's that paints a very yeah, very good mental image. Getting into getting into that D mindset, like yeah, because like that's. That's how I handle like any of like my acting stuff is like before I go and do it, I just spend all night just like acting like that person whenever I'm alone. Yeah. Because yeah, a lot of times it'd be really weird if I acted like whoever with other people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jimmy, how do you prepare to run your sessions? Oh my god. <laughs> um well so I I pretty much sleep, eat, drink, breathe. Um not necessarily in that order. Uh Brits on bikes. Um I've always got stuff kind of going around in my head and and these guys can both attest to the fact that I do take copious notes um when planning a session. Um I do at usually at about the 15 minute mark throw those notes away um and just uh ride along by the seat of my pants because these guys have done something absolutely cray cray to uh to to scupper my plans but um <laughs> but yeah i usually i usually have at least a kind of start point and a and a, a midway point and hopefully a conclusion but but not always i mean there's there's lots of things that have sort of very organically appeared um during the game so for example um mrs thistledown was a, a a very very minor character um in the game um and her role has just blossomed and bloomed uh i mean in fact like this the, the whole kind of fey element of of the game um was done on a bit of a whim um, but I, I I love it. I love it, and I'm really looking forward to to, to where that's going to go. And I don't want it to be like a a huge part of Brits on bikes, but I do want it, it it to be an element of of what the what the kids experience. Oh, that's fantastic! Uh, all right. So when we return from this uh, brief commercial break, uh, the cast of Brits on bikes will be answering questions from the fans of the show. So stay tuned. Next season on The Red Death. The absolute talk of the town has become uh, a new exhibit that's coming to the museum. 
And this one is being touted as an absolutely genuine exhibit of Egyptology. Before I go, can can we can we agree that somewhere in the marketing for this specific episode when it drops, it's called like, I don't know, I rolled a crit 20 to punch a Nazi in the face or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's it like when you're when you're doing that there? Well, right now nothing, but if I see something it glows and I can recognize the glow that Oh, how do I explain this? Hello, skeptic. Even now, you don't think I'm real, do you? How do you explain me then? I don't know how to explain you, but what I can tell you is that your exhibit is incredibly unsafe and unethical, and there are children out there waiting to get in here, and I am going to have a word with the director of this museum, you better believe, as soon as I step out of here. James gets all this stuff tied, looks down takes his pants off too starts tying that as well making just a long length of clothes Kepri lets out a sort of satisfied sigh at the sight of the mummy and indeed he is perfectly preserved the bandages are loosened around his face over the past months of handling revealing dark olive skin with firm smooth features any onlooker would insist that he was merely asleep and would be unable to believe that he had been there for well over a thousand years I have an important question. Yeah. Is he super hot? James, you feel this sudden rage swell up inside of you. And you have a a sudden strong, strong desire to attack Sawyer and take the ring from him. Prepare yourselves. Season two is coming. the cast of Brits on Bikes some questions we received from fans of the show. Are you all ready for this? I was born yep. ready. <laughs> all right. Fan of Brits on Bikes uh, and frequent uh, contributor to the Roll to Play Network, Morgan, uh, asks, why is Nettles so darn cute, yet so darn nihilistic? Oh, Nettles. Dean, your dog. Yeah, I've literally talked to him one time. <laughs> and in that time, Dee was dealing with a lot of other stuff and couldn't really process that, so I'm not the person to ask. Nettles is an international dog of mystery. <laughs> um, he, there's, there's, uh, Nettles' story is, is still to be told, but um, from, a, from a creation point of view, it just seemed like the logical thing to do to give uh, Dee a dog you know he was a character who was a long way from home and he needed some companionship um and yeah the 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 idea of making him the powered character which is a mechanic within kids on bikes was just was just too good an opportunity not to take up so and he's totally taken on a life of his own um and yeah he can be deeply unpleasant but he he also cares about the kids very very much i think it's all a bit of a facade to be honest I have a theory about like why he would be nihilistic though. It's just like tell? he's he's done this several times already. So at this point, it's just like, yes, I've seen this all before. <laughs> Hurry up and get it over with. <laughs> I would probably be in the same boat. 
stuck working with kids all day. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Our, our next question, uh, also from Twitter, uh, friend of the show, Andrew asks, pieces of American fiction like E.T. and Goonies define the childhood adventure. What British fiction is touchstone for you in the same way? This might be a little bit less of an Eve question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll go with one um, because this this is one very dear to my heart. Um, there are so many influences um, regarding uh, Brits on bikes. Um, I mean, first up, um, although uh, the British at the time that Brits on bikes is set weren't doing um, children's movies quite as well as the americans were with things like you know the goonies and although the goonies is the 80s i know but all that kind of stuff um what they did do very very well is is television and there are televisions uh television shows from my youth that are 100 have, have have influenced me um back in the sort of late 80s early 90s um russell t davis who uh wrote the a lot of the doctor who um when it first started back up with chris eccleston he he did some kids dramas um one in particular called the dark season um, which stars a very 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 young kate winslet um you know which is 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 supernatural and sinister and um yeah um like kids drama at that time had really hit its zenith and there was some just fabulous stuff being put out um the other one which i think i mentioned early on in um in in my very first teaser episode was was a, a show called century falls which still holds the award for being the only children's drama to have been banned by the bbc it was that terrifying um and it was fucking fantastic i can tell you um but alongside that you have got to go back into the past as well um you know things like Ina Blyton, um, the Famous Five, the Secret Seven. Um, they are a very, very British institution. And whilst perhaps the original publications are a little bit risque now in terms of their content, um, they've they've continuously kind of adapted and changed them for a modern audience. Um, you know, I, I mean, I have copies of early copies of of Blyton's work, and and it's just so offensive um you know everybody is a is a queer foreigner um it's 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 quite unbelievable but they you know they 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 moved it along they tweaked it and and it still works today these kids going out there on their own having adventures and and solving mysteries and and yeah that's that's really important for um for for our kids as well sorry i um, a little bit sucker for kids shows. And it definitely shows in, in the content you guys are putting out. Um, so Andrew, there's a, a list of things for you to go to go and, uh, and add to your collection. Thanks for the question. Uh, next question, uh, since that last question was definitely much more for, uh, for uh, Kat and Jimmy, this next question is for Eve, and it comes to us from the host of the World of Play podcast, Kent Blue. Uh, Kent, Kent asks Eve, uh, what did you do to prepare to play a character in a different country and in this time period? Literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I looked up uh, some like slang terms from the 70s, which I consistently fail to use. <laughs> um, and what were they? Oh, I don't even remember. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm prepared. And I decided I 
wasn't going to like look much into British culture because I wanted to be as out of touch as D is. Oh, that's that's interesting. That's really interesting. That, like that way, like when things happen, I don't have like the the subconscious concept to just roll with it. You know, instead, instead, I'm just like, what is that? I don't know what that is. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I especially liked the question. Wait, what do you mean, jelly sandwich? <laughs> like, like, I need you to, to spell out for me. What is it? Is it a different kind of jelly? I think in, at one point yeah. you said, is it fish jelly? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, no, I constantly accuse them of just eating eels. Because <laughs> that is a thing that I've heard about. Yeah, jelly um, eels. Yeah, no, like I, I, I want, I want to be as confused as D because I think that helps out. Which, yeah, you'll notice, like anytime, like anytime, like uh, say uh, a kid comes at D is like using like English slang to insult them, like it just doesn't do anything because it's just confusing. Like, what are you talking about? What does that mean? <laughs> what is tea? What I don't want a tea body. <laughs> this next question is for both the characters. Who would play your characters in the live action Brits on Bikes movie or TV series? And I like I like that uh, Jimmy has listed off a couple different British series. So this could be an American drama or BBC. <laughs> uh, I'll go ahead and uh, let Kat take this one first. That's very unfair of you because I have absolutely no idea. Why? Because well, I want you to go first because I'm about to spoil something. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I can't think of a single actress's name now. Like not not <laughs> even one that's applicable. Just any actress. I. Mm. Kate Winslet. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kate Winslet's far too pretty. Hello, what about Maisie Williams? I don't know who that is. Allow me to Google. From um, Game of Thrones. Which one's she? Oh, Are actually, it? yeah, she might be good. Oh, well, yes, I'm gonna uh, say I'm gonna say Maisie Williams off of, young off of all the stuff that she's off of. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um as for D, I don't have anyone in particular planned. Um but it would have to probably be a uh a, a trans girl because yeah, like we don't get enough actors. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, so no. there you go. There you go, Kat. That's the spoiler. These trans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, so sorry, is is so is is he a trans man or is he a trans woman? D is a trans girl. Right. Yeah. Huh. That's why I got in all them fights in the States. Ah interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a great conversation. That is oh, going to yeah. that's going to blow Sally's mind because I don't think she's going to have a concept of yeah of trans no, anything. No, D, D doesn't have a concept of because well, yeah. might, nobody has like the language at this point. That's yeah. true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, huh. that's interesting. <laughs> wow. So so a, a a behind the scenes spoiler for one of the <laughs> cast of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone else has already heard it. the episode, but you know. <laughs> This next question comes from co-creator of Kids on Bikes, Doug Lewandowski. 
Oh. Yeah. And I think this, is, this could be a question for all of you, but I think it might be a little bit more geared towards Jimmy, uh, who GMs the show. Uh, what rule do you wish was in Kids on Bikes that isn't? Oh, I, I, oh, um, I, two, um, specifically really for Brits on bikes, but I suppose could be applied to any of them. Um, I would like some kind of investigation role, um, just because our, our, our game lends itself to investigation rather than sort of combat more than anything. Um, and, um, Based on several recordings, um, I, I would love to have a sanity role as well, just because I love Call of Cthulhu, and I think it would be great for the kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would have to second the sanity check thing, although I was thinking Unknown Armies is rather good than Call of Cthulhu because I haven't played Call of Cthulhu. <gasps> we must play it sometime. It's my favourite go-to game. I'm game. Sweet. That's how uh, Brits on Bike plays uh, Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> we know the the Sally in the future <laughs> on an episode of Brits on Bikes. Yeah, when let's do an alternate reality game. Yeah. All right. So our last question is a special caller question. Ooh. So Ooh. go ahead, caller. Oh hey y'all, it's Purple Unicorn Death Pony again. This little question's for Jimmy. I was just curious if you'd ever consider adding a second powered character to the game. If so, where would one send their headshots? Love y'all. Hashtag Brits on Bikes. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can send your purple unicorned head right over to our Discord. Um, I would be more than happy. I think you would make a fabulous sidekick for Nettles, in fact. So we could have a, a, a powered unicorn and a powered corgi. And um, it's completely appropriate given what happens in episode eleven. Yes, it yes it is. It would be totally appropriate because of what happened in episode eleven. Well, that would be more excited for episode eleven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Although it will already be out by the time this airs, but you know. Well, that's it for the show today. Uh, we'll of course be linking all of the ways to find Brits on Bikes and the cast in the show notes. But is there anything else you'd all like to plug, share, or tease before we end? I mean, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Copper Harpy, and I'm in some like really terrible zero budget horror films for like brief parts where I'm either murdering and eating people or somebody's murdering and eating me. <laughs> uh, which I mean, sell just, it so just well. message, yeah, just message me about it. I'll I'll shoot you some links. Um, okay, well, you can find me at uh, Jimmy Sprinkles, which is uh, two S's at the end. Um, or you can join us on our Brits on Bikes Twitter, which is uh, at Brits underscore bikes. Um, we also have a Discord, which is linked on our Twitter. Um, do pop in and say hello. Um, we love it when people come and say hi and talk to the talk show with us. Um, we, we, we love chatting about it. And if you have the spare dollar or two, then it would be lovely if you could subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, you can visit us there and get all sorts of fabulous bonus, bonus content at uh, patreon.com uh, slash Brits on Bikes. Um, and I'm also going to take this opportunity to make a special announcement um, because we are, in fact, having a third member of the team joining us um in the not too distant future once the um elementor tenebri 
um, arc is wrapped up and finished and concluded, um, Mr. Sean Oxpring of the GM of uh, the Omen podcast is going to be joining us full time as a player. And we are super, super excited because I'm not a very funny person. I know that I'm a, I'm a storyteller rather than a comedian. Sean, on the other hand, is very, very funny. So I'm I can't wait to see how he he interacts with 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 D and Sally. But yeah, yeah, watch this space. Yay! Yay! Ah. That's very exciting. Well, once again, to everybody listening, uh, the best way to support these types of shows is to go online, uh, rate, review them. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, share them, uh, get the word out there. It helps a tremendous amount of getting new new listeners. And thank you again so much to Kat, Eve, and Jimmy of Brits on Bikes for talking with us today. You are all super awesome, and I, for one, cannot wait for the next episode of Brits on Bikes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so for having fun. us. Yeah. Thanks for listening to What's Your Role, a proud member of the Role to Play Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share us on social media. Do you have a favorite actual play podcast? Want to hear them on the show? Tag them on social media with the hashtag, What's Your Role? See you next time.